brother, you're starting to tiptoe into some of those conversations. It's like, man, we've always done it that way. We can't change the mindsets of the future, but we can change our approach now and how we look at it. Welcome to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. I'm your host, Clayton O'Brien, and I'm the fire chief for the city of Oregon. I'm joined by my co-host, Captain Joel Fry from the city of Napoleon. Welcome to episode 17 of the Triple P Podcast, and uh, this is going to be a great one, and I am like super excited <laughs> about it. <laughs> I'm super excited about it because it's the first time we've ever been, and we've talked about this for months, uh, but to let all the audience know, we are at the conference, and we're in the hospitality suite. And so in the hospitality suite, we're allowed to uh, have a round table, like a, a kitchen table up here to just have a discussion with a few different chiefs along uh, from the area to talk about whatever. So today's a freestyle one. We're hoping that Joel doesn't have to do a whole bunch of editing uh, when it's all said and done, but, uh, but we're just going to talk about whatever topics kind of come up. And uh, so we'll go around the table a little bit. So make, uh, just give us a little bit of an introduction, um, you know, where you're from and, uh, you know, your name, that so on and so forth and then uh, we'll just kind of you know kick it off from there so let's start with you rick okay uh rick vober deputy chief with akron fire i've been on the fire service about 31 years and i'm the current vice president of the ohio fire chiefs association and uh, i'm the operations deputy chief for akron responsible over operations and administration so uh, dealing with a lot of uh, interesting stuff thanks rick yep uh i'm jeff deeks our chief cambridge fire department and the great southeast so the, the Great, great Southwest, South. the Great <laughs> yeah. Southeast. There we go. In our area. Uh, yeah, I'm also one of the director at large uh, for the Ohio Fire Chiefs. Uh, been doing this for as a fire chief or a firefighter, for that matter, for like 26, 27 years. So uh, happy to be here. Looking, been looking forward to this. This will be fun. Yeah, it will be fun. Yep. But real quick, before we move on to Chad, uh, director at large, what does that mean for the Ohio Fire uh, Chiefs? We just cover we're three director at large for the Ohio Fire Chiefs. Um, we, of course, we have our Southeast directors um, for each. Uh, district that we have um, but they just help out a little bit they just help out a little bit around if, if the southeast director needs help then we, we jump in um, or okay. if the northwest director needs help or whatever it might be but we can cover the whole state and people can just ask us anything i got you so three director at large yeah. for the entire state mm-hmm. that you can fill in for any of like how chad's a northwest director right. Right. and he may need some help yes up sir there. okay yep you gotcha. got her Thank you. like a utility player yeah, yeah. like yeah. a utility you know you got pinch hit here mean? and there you know and I would never call Jeff Deeks to come help go. in the Northwest. Well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving up there next there week. There you are. I'm going to Oregon. That's where I'm I going. I can't wait, man. I just cannot <laughs> wait. All right, Chad. Well, Chad Hollinger, I'm the fire chief at the Sydney Department of Fire Emergency Services. I've uh, been in the fire service about 28 years, started as a volunteer in Dark County, and then uh, began my full-time career at Sydney in 2003. Uh, as Clayton said, Northwest District Director, Long-time listener, first-time participant on the show here. Uh, so very excited to be here. This is this is awesome. This is going to be great. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, you know, the, th- the big thing about it was is that w- this really kind of started out of the education committee. And Jeff yeah. Deeks is, mm-hmm. the, uh, is the chairperson of the education committee. And I think that uh, w- I, w- this is episode 17, so we've been doing it for a year and a half. Uh, so when we started it out of a local church, the church uh, in our, with Joel and I and Napoleon had all the equipment. And then once I think that people started hearing like, hey, this could be really good. 
then that's where I think it kind of got the traction. So uh, the support, all the system and stuff that you guys see here is what the uh, foundation had bought. So nice. that, uh, yeah, it's it, it has made our lives very, very easy to, you know, kind of do it. Rather than before, we were having to schedule and, uh, you know, kind of meet with the youth pastor and get all the equipment set up. Whereas now, as you can see, it's all portable. So it's pretty awesome. Looks good. Yeah. Great yeah, this, this thing's really taken off. I know when we discussed this at the beginning, when it was starting, it's like, is this really going to be viable, you know? Mm-hmm. And, man, it is awesome what it's turned out to be. Well, that's cool. So let's keep it Let's keep it cool today. So freestyle about, like, hot topics in the fire department. You know? Hot like, topics. Because everybody so in the fire station, everybody has the answer at the fire, uh, right at the kitchen table. Firehouse lawyers. So, I mean, if we're, everybody's got the answer about whatever. So, you know, the big things that go around right now, um, you know, one of the, the things that we've talked about, I know I talked with Rick about, was recreational marijuana. I know I've talked with Jeff, you, about uh, the new things that are happening up in your area about EMS yep. issues. Yep. I know that I've talked to Chad and then he's talked a lot about, well, in his class, I'm not necessarily specific to your department, uh, but talked about a lot of your class stuff of uh, cultivating a culture. And then, um, and then in my, in my own personal world of, you know, just all the different things of coming into a new department and, and, you know, a bunch of change and restructuring of things. So, so all of us are dealing with a lots of different things or at least have stuff on our minds. Um, so that's why I wanted to, you know, kind of do a free style of just, you know, talking about one of the things to just be super honest and transparent as chiefs uh, for firefighters and other company officers to learn from. So tough. Yep. Yep. So let's start with yours, Jeff. So oh, EMS, how, how, how's the guys taking over when it, when you say EMS, because you were a fire only at the time before? Yeah. Yeah. About uh, seven years ago, um, we started seeing a uh, delay in uh, response and for the city of Cambridge and Cambridge Township. So we all have to be EMTs to get hired at Cambridge anyhow. And I'm thinking, well, why aren't we doing anything to help our citizens, you know, the people that support us and vote for our fire levies and stuff. Uh, so it was just a long process. I mean, just like with anything, politics got involved. Um, egos got involved. As everyone knows egos can eat brains. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, you had to, you had to work through that. Um, and it, and it was difficult, but eventually we was able to get a levy on the ballot this past May. Uh, and it passed. Our citizens have always supported us uh, for that because I thought there's times we're waiting as first responders, and we do have five medics, uh, so we do have advanced capabilities uh, for that. But as responders, you know, I'm thinking I'm looking at our taxpayers. And I said this ain't right. Something has to be done. Um, so we started a movement to get the levy on the ballot. We did. It passed uh, thanks to our voters. And then 2024, we're going to start uh, actually transporting. But again, the only way we could do it is by putting a levy. Yeah, and this isn't the greatest time to try for a brand new levy. Sure, anywhere with everything going up and yes. the increase yeah. of everything. Yes. So, so then with that, um, you know, more work. So oh, yeah. if uh, if at, at <laughs> a lot the, of work, you know, not only operationally <laughs> managing, right. you know, purchasing supplies, all mm-hmm. the stuff. So, uh, but then what about the personnel? Where the personnel? Uh, it, it was a culture change. I mean, just like Chad will talk about here in a little bit, uh, culture because. I'll be honest with you. When I was coming up through the ranks at Cambridge Fire Department, you said EMS, you got you got beat up, yeah, you know, uh, pretty bad. So, um, but things have to change. We have to continue. We have to grow. You know, if you know if you ain't learning new things, then then that's it. You're, you're wasting everyone's time. So, so we had to get develop into the EMS. We're there. We're here to support the citizens, our citizens of the City of Cambridge and Cambridge Township, and and we went for it. But it was a lot of work. It was it was a huge culture change. We developed strategic plans to try to get this levy passed. Uh, but the biggest key is getting everyone on board. Yeah. Um, 
so they can spread the word too because we're a small community in southeast ohio we're not akron yeah or, you know or anything like that or not we're not even close <clears throat> you know to oregon you know but we just had to get out there and and, and do what we had to do and let the tax give them the be transparent as possible with our taxpayers. Which I love, you know, because that sometimes is the hardest thing is that, uh, you know, some some departments or some chiefs feel like, you know, that the, the lack of sharing information out there is, you know, could be detrimental to them where right. it's ra- rather than uh, just understanding that we're all human beings and yeah. we all have issues and things that we're trying to, you know, solve. But um, but I guess when, when did you guys didn't do transport before, but did no. you guys have to go through the whole, like, create new job descriptions and, and work yes. with the union on new yes. new pays? and all yes. that other stuff because i mean that is that's that's i think you know on the on the end where you see like yeah you guys pass a levy it's great you're going to be mm-hmm. offering ems but even the citizens sometimes don't understand all the other things that happen within right. the organization and that, that, to take that was the biggest thing with this ems levy is just letting our citizens know what's happening because there was times we're waiting on scene for 30 40 45 minutes the longest time we waited on scene was over an hour uh, for for an aimless to wow. show up, yeah. So and that's not good for anybody. Whether you're a citizen of Cambridge or you're driving through Interstate 70 or 77 or or whatever you're doing. So we had to, as chief, I, you know, I saw the problem. We had to tackle it, you know. And and the union got on board with it, and they they helped tremendously uh, to to get it passed. So I appreciate. It. I want to thank them uh, for everything they did and the guys at the station. And then, so we just had to hunker down and we we had to do it. And, there's just a lot of things you got to look at when it comes to levies. I mean, we operate our fire operations currently off mostly levies. Uh, we have three city fire levies and one township fire levy, and that predominantly makes up our budget. You know, so you know we have to keep that good faith uh, with our citizens. You know, so they keep supporting our our, our levies when they're due. You know, every five years when when they vote for it. Yeah. So, but with EMS, we just we just had to do it. Timing was a, a key thing too. Um, all about knowing your district, knowing your coverage area. Uh, your different wards. We did everything possible. I'm not a big fan of social media, but I'm old, you know. So I, yeah. but I had to accept the fact that that's just the way it is now, and, and and we have to adapt to that and get get our message out, and then let the voters decide. And that's really all that matters is just understanding that hey, you may not be good at the social media thing, but right. just somebody else in your organization oh, yeah, is, and just yeah. empower them to let them do yeah. it. And you know, one thing about the younger generation we got coming on now, heck yeah, uh, that they can do that stuff quicker than. Well, look at this right here, like the podcast stuff, right. like even for me, I, I'm not, I'm Joel is the one that is, you know, knows all the technology yeah. stuff and, and we're only a, you know, a few years apart, but he is, uh, you know, it's just a, just that little bit of a gap of where he grew up compared to where I grew up. And like, there was way more technology that in his life through school and, and then afterwards, just, it's, it's completely yeah. different. Yeah, they're, they're, they got there's positives there. Mm-hmm. Let's capitalize on yep. it as chief officers as, as, you know, whatever rank you are. Look for the strong points in your people and capitalize. Yeah, because they want to be a part of it. Oh yeah, you know? they want to have. They got some skin in the game too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about them. But yeah, it's it's, you know, it was a challenging thing for the EMS levy, but but we got it through. And you know, it's still a lot of work to do because we're starting from the ground. I'm uh, sure. From, you know, we got a clean piece of paper here, so I depend a lot on you know Rick. I call, trust me, I call Chad when I have one of those days. Yeah, and vent. You know, and just get <laughs> yeah. get get advice and and what have you. So, um, it, it's it's, but we'll we'll get there. Um, so I'm excited about it. You know, how long are you thinking? Uh, we're going to start sometime in 2024 at okay. some point because we are the levy money won't start collecting until 24 till the first half of 24. Uh, we're going to hire more people because I didn't want to take away from the fire side. Uh, 
you know, with our manning that we have, uh, we have three crews with six people per crew. If someone's usually always off on personal time or vacation or whatever. So we're down to five. So if I sent two people out, that means only got three at the station. Okay. And, and it help with our ISO rating and everything. We just have to look at – we have to take that 30,000-foot view yep. and, and look at everything and, and, and make the best decision that we can in, in trying to get accomplished our goals. So I always thought that majority of the departments in Ohio were fire-based EMS anyways. So, yep. like, when you said that you didn't have EMS, like, I was – I wonder, like, how many – did you would, did you have to do any research to see like how many other departments were only fire only? Because like I know like in our area would be Finley would be the only fire yeah. only. They don't do EMS, but if there's any other departments that don't have the EMS based, I don't have an exact number, but I can tell you there's very few departments that yeah. don't do EMS anymore. Yeah, um, just by I mean with the high fire chiefs and that networking that we can do uh, through the fire chiefs association. Um, reach out, man, you got the world at your fingertips there and, and who else better to ask than mm-hmm. people that maybe has been through it or some been something similar through it. Um, so you, you got to reach out and, and ask questions and stuff. So, and it, that's why I bring it up is because if there's somebody that, you, I mean, you got this done, but if there was uh, right. somebody listening to it right now that doesn't do yeah, EMS and can, they're thinking about making that transition. I can remember, I don't know how many conferences go, but uh, chief John Soison um, from Norwalk. Uh, oh yeah. He, yep. he basically, he helped me along. He helped me along with what they did, and I'll, I'll always treasure that 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 advice that he gave me of how to get things going and just listening. You know, you know that's why we got two ears. You know, yeah. shut up and listen. But from you the know, t- from the start of when you started it, how yeah. long it, it took? Two years to from the start. No, we we did first responder. Well, we're still continuing doing first responder, and we just for seven years now. We started okay. seven years ago, but our levy just passed this past May. Okay, so, so you, you started at, the process seven yeah. years ago. Yeah. Okay, and it's just and like anyone knows. Politics, Man, politics can drag things out. So you know, one of the things we always, Joel and I know, is we talk about this all the time, is that you know, and that's that. I think that firefighters um, sometimes, uh, I, I say, they only have to look at for the next twenty four hours. Right. You know, like mm-hmm. hey, I come in at seven. That was because it was by far the hardest thing for me when I went to chief was that everything came and went so slow mm-hmm. um, because you yeah. went, you know, in the and I was used to on a 24 hour shift, everything would be done. All mm-hmm. the calls that I went on was completed. All the run reports that was completed, where then you kind of promote it up to a company officer and you might be doing projects that last a week, a month or whatever. And then you go to chief and like, now this is what you're planning for yeah. years. Oh yeah. Time. I'm planning for years. Yeah. You're yeah. looking from 24 to, and if your capital replacement plans are out 30 years or whatever yep. else, but then sticking with a project that ha- for seven years says yep. a lot about yourself and, and the team that you have there. So that's pretty well, awesome. I, you know, like I said, thanks goes out to the, all the, you know, people that I work with, you know, uh, I, we just, we gotta, they know, they know what we need to do. We know that's the right thing to do. And we just, you know, you got to get the funding though to to, to yep. pay for it. It's a service uh, that that we can provide. So, so it's it's been a challenging thing. I'm not going to lie about it. But was it your deep voice that got it sold? Well, oh, you know, yeah. I got that Barry White thing. <laughs> yeah, I you know, just whatever thing. Look your, out, your ladies. Charisma yeah. that gets her done. <laughs> Sex appeal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's That's none right. of that here. Trust me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> none of that here whatsoever. So, but yeah. So yeah. I don't want it to feel like a you know just an interview from me to you know. So Rick and Chad, you know, any just step in there if you have any questions and, and just about the topic. I mean, if anybody else has you know got anything, that'd be cool. I, I do, Jeff. So when you yes, talk sir. about the. Uh, Purchase of equipment, and you're mm-hmm. looking ahead. You yep. know, with the time frame to get an ambulance is, yep. you know, thirty six months. Yep. 
Yeah, um, yeah. And then longer. So how did how did you approach that? Well, we just had to look at the whole picture. We had, I mean, there's grants out there available. I mean, we're southeast Ohio. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, I love it there, um, but you know, we tend to move a little slower on things. You know, sure. so we have to look at every grant possibility out there. Uh, we don't have the budgets that you know, but they have that. You know, you get what you get. This is our budget, fellows. This is what we got to deal with. So let's let's do it. So we look at every grant possible. BWC grant. We're gonna probably go for and and get some equipment off of. Well, if you need any help with that, we just got that too. Did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I think we're gonna get. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go for that. And uh, there's just some you know state equipment grant. You know, I'm looking into that. I mean, I've always applied for that through the department for different things, but we always got shot down too. But that that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's a lot more. I know deep down there's a lot more departments worse off than what we are so and that money has to be spread around and that's tough it's just a tough decision i don't envy those people who makes that decision you know who gets what and what have you but but we just have to look out i mean right now we're going to start off with used ambulances so we already we purchased one already um and so we have that we're actively looking for another used ambulance uh, because that's we know right off the bat you know we did the projections you know we had the hot fire chiefs uh do a feasibility study for us uh a couple of years ago, uh, we had a billing company uh, come in and say, "What you know, see what their numbers are." And the IFF even did one. Okay, and that was very in detail. The IFF report, which really opened the light on a lot. I mean, down to the fuel cost. I mean, it, it was that detail on things. So we we got together as a group because it's not it's not a me thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a we thing, and and I think we understand that we have to make this move. And uh, we looked at everything, and, and, and like I said, thank goodness for our voters. I mean, they've always supported us. So, so, but with that, you know, you always worry about, well, what about the, where does the billing money go? Does it go to, you know, general fund of the city and everything? We made sure that that money will come back to the fire department so we can replace costs. Yeah. Equipment replacement costs. Yep. Purchase equipment. Uh, just, just the whole nine yards there. So, um, it, you know, I'm learning as I go. Trust me, I've... I make mistakes. I'm going to probably make more down the road, but that's okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's, that's completely that's, fine. That's, that's what's the only about. way you learn. Yep. So, and so we're, but yeah, as far as that goes, yeah, we're looking at all that stuff. We're looking at any grants possible out there. Uh, community support. We have a leadership Guernsey class and they did a fundraiser uh, for us and they did one for the, our PD last year for their animals. Or, I'm sorry, not animals, dogs. Yeah. The, the dogs. Yep. And, and uh, they, uh, they actually raised twenty three thousand dollars for us in a short amount of time, and they they gave me the check a few weeks ago before I came up here. So all that money is going to be going right to the EMS side of things, and you know to purchase things. And, That's and, awesome. Yeah, you, yeah. you know because it does connect. I, I will say, uh, Battalion Chief Hempstead's class uh, when he talked about his department and connected locally in the community and all the support that they've had, and, you know, the brand yeah. and initiative and all that. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know EMS is a is a thing that uh, really um, you know the citizens can connect to because that's where they see us performing majority of the time. Right. You know? And that's the majority yeah, sure. of our calls. I yeah. Mean, we're going to average anywhere. I mean, estimations are looking at anywhere from 2,500 to 3,000 yep. EMS calls that we want, you know, once we do that, uh, that's what we're going to be faced with. So we got to get more personnel hired, you know, actually tonight, you know, which is July 19th. Yeah. Um, we have a, our civil services having a test right now and we've accepted, uh, we're starting to do lateral transfers now. Uh, to see what that looks like, and uh, so we're, we're we're moving forward. It just 
You got to be patient. How is it? How is it down in in that area with uh, recruiting and retention? Like, uh, how many people would you get for a test? Everywhere else. When I took the test, we I think I tested against like 150 people. Okay. Today, we have. I just got a, a text yeah. from um, one of my captains on duty. I had one of my officers run down there to see how many people. We had 12 people yep. for our civil service test. We have three laterals. I think that's come that has a, submitted their application. Two or three, I can't remember exactly, but yeah. So we're, we're, we got to. We got to look at all options available, just like everywhere else across the nation, for that matter. For sure, is that kind of same thing in your boat over there in Akron too? Yeah, so we uh, we just finished. Uh, we're in the middle of a process. We gave a test in January, and we had six hundred and some that actually passed the test. When I took the test, four thousand took the test. Yeah, and uh, it's it's difficult. You know, we're going to hire. We'll probably exhaust this list. We exhausted our last list, so we'll probably go through most of it this time. Uh, so it is a problem. Yeah. Specifically paramedics. Yeah. Okay. Do, are you required to be a paramedic when you get hired there? We're required to make sure that they become a paramedic at some point, and then uh, eventually uh, we'll be looking at trying to get paramedics throughout their career. Mm-hmm. But right now they're able to contractually get out after 10 years uh, if they're the most senior person. Okay. And so your class sizes are 50, 100? This next class will be a class of 40 is what we're aiming for, and then we'll probably do a follow-up class in January as soon as we get them through. Uh, we're working through the process now, which has been difficult uh, to try and get it on with um, specifically issues with background investigators because we're short, so, uh, short-staffed. Mm. So yep. it, it's, it's been problematic for us. So short staff in your administrate because you don't third party that right you guys or do you does the officer does the police department do it or we've uh, attempted to do that with the police department our folks end up doing it we use uh, folks from a background investigator or from our arson investigators and uh, we train them to be background investigators and we use them and we use some volunteers from the line to do it it's a cadre of a number of individuals that put in a lot of time and it's it's uh, they do a fantastic job uh, but it's difficult it takes a couple of weeks uh, per uh, individual that they do and we have to go contractually we have to go through 150 to be able to offer uh, CJOs uh, job offers and uh, but between that and the polygraphs it takes a long time and we still haven't interviewed yet so yeah it's it's a long ways away yet uh, and we're hoping to get them in soon and uh, our firefighters are working very hard to to keep up and our paramedics are working hard to keep up and um, numbers aren't going down. You know, we, I think, uh, some days we hit 180 calls, 200 calls, mm-hmm. uh, on average, uh, we're 150, 160, uh, calls a day. So th- they're running a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They are running a lot and it doesn't go down. It's, it seems like it's going up every year. It seems like, uh, the class that Joel and I was just in was, uh, with Mark Hill. He's a firefighter paramedic. He did the, uh, winning strategies for the, uh, field training officer class. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he talked about, you know, the different ones of when they're, you know, coming in and, and wh- he's from Wisconsin. So and in Wisconsin, this get this, and I didn't know this. And, um, but in Wisconsin, 16 hours to be a firefighter. Wow. Really? And you don't even have to pass. All you got to do is attend the class, two eight-hour cl- eight days, and you're a fire one. And that's it. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Wow. And I said, and, that's, and that is uh, by law, state law, <laughs> statute. Like, wow. Oh, my God. We, and we're, we're thinking, like, and he said they're 50th in the nation. They are 50th in the nation on uh, the amount of hours to be a firefighter. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Uh, but then even with that being said, not that they, I think that in his department they had to have, a, you know, a fire two paramedic, you know, to be able to actually get hired. But, uh, yeah, you only had to have 16 hours to get started. So, at least they're starting somewhere. And they're yeah. all young. 
He said that, uh, I mean, there's a lot of them in the, in the earlier class today when we had um, the, the gentleman that uh, talked about, um, oh, I can't remember what the title is exactly, but uh, he, he talked about uh, training and then his department was average of, you know, 19, 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. And I'm like, oh my gosh, of how many, how many they actually were. It was uh, the training the mindset class um, and training the mindset is what they were, what they were talking about. And he said that majority of the people in his department were, you know, 19, 20 or under 22 and they covered 127 square mile. Wow. And th- so you think about that of like, you know, and, and, and the good points that it was in there, and I'm th- sure that we're all going to be dealing with this is that um, when I grew up, I grew up on a farm. Right. You know, a lot of our area was a rural area, and we drove big trucks. We drove tractors. I mean, I, I was like driving it. the grain. Sounds, yeah. sounds like home. Sounds like home. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like home for me. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was driving the grain truck at 12 years old, you know, and I mean, I'm at yeah. the tractor at eight, whatever. So driving a fire truck or an ambulance wasn't that big of a deal when I worked in concrete and doing construction beforehand, whereas now if my son was to get hired, He's never drove a big truck like right. that. So it's even more important on our driver training, our EVOC classes and things of that nature too. So um, th- those are all challenges, I think, that even though they're, they're certifications where you don't have to have a degree, um, but to get in the fire service in, in general is still kind of, you know, a challenging event if you, or challenging. Maybe not as much for you because you guys probably don't have to have any training, right, Rick? Like you can just get hired right off the street, no training. You guys send them to everything, right? Yeah, we send them through fire school, through EMT and medic school. Yeah. But I was thinking about your... You know, the 16 hours in Wisconsin, you yeah. have to do more hours than EVOC in the state of Ohio yeah. <laughs> just to drive a dang truck. Yes. So, yeah, that's... Uh, and they're going in. He, he said that's interior firefighting, too. That's... Wow. That's, uh, that, that's scary. It is. It is. It's, that is, yeah, it's, sure. it's scary because not only is they don't have the experience, they have less hours, than, and, and you're putting them in these situations where trucks that, you know, in, in some cases only have two people on them. Um, so somebody's got to be running the fire and then who you're, somebody's got to be pumping it. And then now who do you got going in? Mm-hmm. So whoever can show up and then that very minimal training. So, right. um, yeah. but that's tough. Let's see what Akron has for, they got Rick Vober. I think they got Rick Vober. He is the Rick man. Rick Vober <laughs> is the man. They got Rick. You had to go there, didn't you, Rick? Yeah. Everything's going to be fun. We can cut that. Okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, oh, we got to have fun. Right. Yeah, you do got to have fun. But Rick did make a good point that probably everybody's dealing with that we should talk about if there's any solutions that in any of the departments is about the uh, um, equipment and apparatus and timeframes. You know, I mean, uh, as those topics are, are right now, if you talk to a lot of vendors too, 36 months or right. used right. ambulances or what are yep. our things that we're going to be able to do? What are some of the solutions that, you know, Sydney's doing to combat, you know, say your apparatus replacement plan? Yeah, so we we do have a couple engines that we're looking to replace and you know, we're going through the spec processes and, you know, do we want to do a custom truck and yep. what do we want this truck to look like? And whenever you're talking custom, you're talking those 36, 40, 48 month time yep. frames. And, and you're talking like, right, exactly, Joel, right. you're talking the inflation. You see in the Absolutely. prices these days with the, oh right. my gosh. Makes you want to cry. It yeah. does. So when, when I have. I, when I made the comment, I made a comment, I'm like, oh yeah, I was just super confident. <laughs> we were like, yeah, 800,000, 900,000 should right. be able to get us a good engine. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, one and a half times, you know, and they're saying it's probably around one, one, two, somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're doing is, you know, aside from looking at, this is the exact truck we want with a hundred percent of the things we want on this truck, what the market's forcing us to do is look at vendors that may have a stock truck or something online that maybe hits 90 to 95% of what we want. And then we can customize a few things to Sydneyize it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's just, 
it's foreign to us. You know, we've always expected that this is the truck we want. And, you know, I remember a new firefighter, we would have apparatus committees get to work and I wasn't allowed to be a part of those then. I just had to watch outside the window, yeah, you know. Yep. Um, but, you know, they do their work and within the year, the truck shows up and it's, man, this is awesome. Uh, that, that's not the, that's not the economy we live in today. I mean, it's, it's a whole different world and you have to, you know, talking about planning months and years ahead, you know, that that's where we live now. And you never, we just bought a medic and waited over a year to get yeah. a medic unit. It's like, what? Oh, they're the telling world? me, they're telling me if we ordered a medic today, you're not seeing it until 2026. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I'm like, what? And, and to, to, to your point about like the stock ones, I feel like ambulances are like, I don't want to just say throwaway trucks, but I feel like right. they're all the same. Like why get it all? Just, they should just be producing, right. you know, like here's, here's, here's what the, the standard is. If we ask somebody, Hey, what's the best hood or the top selling hood? They're going to give you whatever hood it is that you're, or, or tool or helmet or whatever it is. I don't know why it couldn't be something very similar like that in the ambulances because, you know, I get that the fire apparatus might change sure. dr- dramatically between the, the different, you know, places that we all cover, but ambulances, I just don't really think they should, you know. Yeah, I, when you're talking about a medic, you're you're not talking about, do we need a rear discharge or a front discharge or Correct. rear intake, you know, right. do we want deck guns or, the, it, it's a medic unit. I, and not to dismiss what we do in EMS. Sure. I, I'm not minimizing that at all. But, I mean, it's a rolling ER. And, you know, it's it's not all that different from truck to truck. Yeah, it's just like it's it's the cabinetry. It's the setup. It's, you know, just right. making sure it's the size of the box, whatever. And then I get that the only thing that might be different would be, like, truck chassis, van chassis. Correct. You know, because of, you know, where what our streets are compared to what your streets are. You know, that might be a little bit different. But Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And we're getting in the EMS, so... Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but that's one of the thing, great things. But, you know, I'm listening to Chad, you know, and you guys talking and whatever. That's one of the great things about the hot fire cheese. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you got it right there at your fingertips. You just got to ask. That's well, what I'm saying. Know, it's great. It, it it's is, awesome. It is. Uh, there's always somebody that's dealing with something. Oh. We're all dealing with the same problems. And sure. that's why I thought that, you know, what the whole reason why I wanted to do a roundtable was because just to talk about the different things that we can pick from people from all the different parts of the state. And right. we can all, you know, see that we're all dealing with different issues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, different size departments, different regions of the state. And I made a note when Jeff was talking earlier, cause I wasn't really paying attention. I was just no, taking notes, <laughs> but the, you know, like Jeff said, one of the greatest thing, and I was paying attention. Jeff. I know, buddy. One of the, net, one of the best things about the Ohio fire chiefs is the networking. And he said earlier about, you know, just getting the equipment and making phone calls and reaching out to people. And, you know, in Sydney, we've been doing EMS since the late sixties. It's that, that is part of my, our culture. It's been there for, you know, decades. And I think it was, Last week or a couple of weeks ago, Jeff sent out an email and said, hey, you know about these BWC safety grants yep. for yeah. auto Lucas auto compressors? I was like, brother, I just did one of those. I We, we mm-hmm. got awarded. And and that's one of the value adds of the Ohio Fire Chiefs, yeah. you know. Um, it, no matter what you're dealing with, there's probably somebody in the association that has dealt with it, solved it, and, and you can at least take some pieces of that solution or resolution and apply it to where you're at. You know, you can ask the question. It can be put out on the forum and shared, and, and people can respond in. But even better, you know, there's ways to get plugged into the Ohio Fire Chiefs, whether it's conference or OFE or Fire Officer 1, 2, um, you know, and establish those personal relationships where you can pick up your cell phone and call somebody and say, yeah. hey, 
hey, brother, what's going on here? Hey, hey, sister, have you ever dealt with this? It just, man, it's a value add for sure. I want to circle back to the uh, to the apparatus replacement thing because, like, a lot of the departments in the state of Ohio are volunteer too. Oh yeah. And so, if you think about if you think about like even in our department in Oregon, the combination department, it's really got me making making a different look at how much at how many pieces of apparatus do we really need. Because if we have these recruiting issues, we have the amount of people, can we really fill the trucks? How many trucks are actually getting out? And maybe the conversation needs a turn to, maybe I don't need this many apparatus, but I need uh, mutual aid or automatic aid or whatever the thing is to be able to start creating those relationships because if we're all struggling with the same thing, how can we just blend them so everybody's working together? Man, brother, you're starting to tiptoe into some of those conversations. It's like, man, we've always done it that way. We've always had these bays filled and, mm-hmm. you know, going back to what Jeff said yep. about doing the right thing. Yep. And I, and I talked about this in my presentation the other day, you know, you, you start to develop in your mind, what is the right thing? And you, you know, you weigh it out and you measure it and you, then you become resolved and this is the right thing. And like what you're talking about with the apparatus, you know, you, you got all these bays and well, why wouldn't they all be full? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And man, it, well, I know some departments but you right now. You got to have those are, hard conversations. They you got to take that hard look. Yeah, well, they in in I know some departments that have they got a, a bunch of trucks, but they don't have that many people. Yeah. And there's just never ways that you're going to be able to get it out. So to to just kind of get back to that fact of like, okay, so how old are those apparatus and when they really need to be? If I only had one or two that are going to really be able to serve us because we can fill those out, then we can actually have one or two good ones that we can maintain nice and we can fill that sort of thing. Because what they talk, what Mark talked about in that class was that, you know, they might have four four pieces of apparatus show up and only two people per apparatus and only have eight people on scene. You might have three engines and a truck there, but you only got, you know, uh, eight people. So I get that they come. So it's just, it's, I get it's different at all different departments. Um, but I think that with these timeframes, with the price, with the inflate, you know, like the, the increased cost at some point, there's gotta be a bubble that, you know, obviously a bubble bursts at some point and says, you know, what are, what do we truly, truly need? Because, I, I can tell you that most uh, most uh, politics councils um, don't want to have for the for the one time scenario situation that you're going to have the biggest catastrophic event. They want to have all the staffing for that one event. Want to handle the the staffing for what I always talk about in our area is that I need to have enough staffing for two and three or two and three overlapping EMS calls mm-hmm. and uh, the first complement to a structure fire. Right. Because if we have that staffed at the station. That's the game. That's the that's the difference. Right. Where majority of the time, that's about the standard. But you can't have the staffing and the apparatus for you know that big downtown fire or right. that big commercial fire that's going to last for you know however long you know. And that's right. that's where the balance is. And I think that uh, just kind of explaining to the personnel, kind of having those conversations with them uh, to kind of understand that it's the you know this combination department or this uh, all volunteer department. What do you what do you what do you want to focus on? And be really really good at. Right. Yeah. You know, it's tough. We had the same conversations in our department. We're a 20 person department right now. Yeah. You know, and we was replacing an engine and we talked about, we need to look at it. Engine rescue. Yep. You know, for, cause we cover interstate 77 and interstate 70, mm-hmm. you know, with the size of apparatus now, you know, they're not getting any smaller unless you order it that way. But, you know, instead of taking two pieces of apparatus, we need just to take one. And that's the discussions that I think every department has to have. 
They um, do because not only is it not to be taken into consideration about just the apparatus, is that when we're talking about the is is about all the equipment and all the hose on it. Oh yeah. I will say at this yeah. conference, I I opened up one of the, the truck doors on on these uh, displays out here as we were going through in the parking lot, and and I'm like, man, that fan is like super old. What? Why is that? Fa-? And so they chose not to replace the equipment. I'm like. I just feel if you replace an apparatus, you should replace all the equipment on it because most likely it was bought at the same time that that truck was, and it's just as old. And so um, so then there's those types of sacrifices that are happening, and I'm thinking those sacrifices that are happening for the actual apparatus that's being showing up on scene, but those are that that piece of equipment's what we're putting in our people's hands. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, that that to me is, I think, cut out that, you know, what I've seen on the, I, I'm just, I'm not a fan of, oh, that coffee maker on the fire apparatus. Like, what? Cut out those that kind of crap, you right. know? Cut out that kind of stuff that you've seen on those things that can save it so you can buy the new hose, so you can buy the, you know, the the good equipment so your personnel can have uh, it. Now, wait a minute. Let's back up a minute. Oh, you, here we go. Coffee, uh-huh. hot on the apparatus. I'm 100% in. I think that's phenomenal. <laughs> uh, one of the things that you mentioned here a few minutes ago, I, I need to speak on, and you talked about mutual aid and auto aid and bring it bringing in your partners when you have yeah. issues. One of the things that we're seeing is uh, because of the call volume rise, a lot of departments don't want to go outside. They don't want to send their folks outside because they're busy already. And if I send my unit out, I don't have somebody covering my community. Very true. So it, our approach has to be a holistic approach and, and maybe even considering changing our response to closest truck. Very similar to how Columbus runs their models where closest person or closest firefighter to the incident goes to that incident and commands and takes over it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's something we have to look at. And, you know, I with, think Dayton does that. Doesn't Dayton do that with like a Riverside or is it Riverside and like Cuba Heights and stuff? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. And I, I think the state has already made that move with uh, shrinking the PSAP centers around the state of Ohio. And I think that's, the start of it, but we need to really look at as fire chiefs what's going to happen in the next couple of years and how we're going to respond appropriately to what needs, you know, right response to the right uh, call that comes out. Yeah, very Well, very true. I mean, just closest apparatus for that call that's going to be going because, yeah, and 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 not get so – you're, and you're suggesting to not get so hung up on, you know – that your apparatus went into somebody else's district or what the name is on the side of the truck that you at least got, we got the appropriate apparatus or the appropriate people to the, to the call for service. The citizens, the most important, we need yep. to approach that yeah. in our response. And I think it's key, but yep. it's so hard because uh, as we can maybe sit here and talk because we think about forward thinking or progressive thinking and wanted to do and challenge the norm. So that's, that's, probably easy for us but i mean we can all think about uh different chiefs in our areas or in in other areas um because i will say i have great neighbors so i can't say and you know but i i would say that we can all think of those ones that might not be that way when we leave or have the same um have the same mindset that that relationship doesn't go that they have that no if it, if it's a if it's a my district call i want a my district truck showing up to that call and i don't care if you're closer or not yeah, I, I agree with you, and I think there is there is that issue, and and we can't change the mindsets of the future, but we can up, change our approach now and how we look at it, and that's why I think that coffee machine's fantastic in the truck. <laughs> well, I, I, I like it. I, I'm getting one. You now. know, you, you know, I, I could go for like a little like portable one, like in your, you know, that you could pull out, but I'm telling you, this thing was like pull out Keurig thing, like whole deal, and I'm like. 
Well, it's a whole waste of. I don't even. We need the cabinet space <laughs> first yeah. and foremost. I, I agree. It wasn't on a spec that I had. I just seen on Facebook or whatever else, you know. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Clayton's uh, amazing. So, uh, look like, at that. that is look not that. happening. Oregon's got the stuff. We yeah. need to move up to Oregon. No, I, we do not have a coffee maker on our truck, <laughs> yeah. and we will not have a coffee maker on our truck. Um, I, I do not. Uh, um, I'm all for like you need coffee on a fire scene, you know, or whatever, and help us rehab things. But I think that the appropriate use of funds for the, the for what you need to get done is that because you know i mean i uh um i was all for the uh well joel he loves coffee you could drink coffee all day long too <laughs> i mean the guy never stops drinking coffee but yeah so um yeah it's just one of those things i think that everybody's kind of dealing with but um well you know does anybody else say anything yeah, on that topic let's stay on the mutual aid topic for a minute because you know uh the, the marshal's office is, has the volunteer task force and a lot of conversation about the status of volunteers in the state of Ohio. Yeah. And and for a lot of our departments, I know Jeff's in the same situation as I am, you know, yep. career department, and you're serviced and helped by a lot of volunteers. Like, the yep. re- everybody else in my county is a volunteer agency. And fortunately, where we're at for now, you know, the volunteer fire service, and at least in my area, is pretty healthy. There's a, there's a steady stream of people coming in, and we're very thankful for that. But I know that there's parts of the state that that's not the case, and, and especially on the EMS side. Uh, volunteer EMS is, I, you know, the volunteer fire service is in trouble. I think the volunteer EMS service. Well, and I is think that's what's really killed it. It's quite right. honestly. I mean, if you go back to just volunteer fire, I mean, there'd be a lot of individuals that would probably want to be a part of it, you know, or could still maintain it at least for the amount of call volume that it is uh, compared to the volunteer EMS to your point, because yeah. of the amount of runs that come in. Cause it's, if it's 80%, I mean, back when I was in Napoleon uh, did just shy of 2000 calls and, um, and there was about 200, 250, uh, somewhere in there, fire-related calls. Right. Okay, so that's less than one one call a day. Like, it's manageable for a vol- for volunteers to be able to, you know, respond to that. Uh, but then you add the EMS calls in there, and there's just no way. I mean, right. when you're averaging five EMS calls a day, and then they're just not going to be able to, you know, maintain right. that. And so. thank goodness for the volunteers. I yeah, mean, I'm speaking yeah. personally. Absolutely. Oh, my yeah. gosh. With the EMS issue that we have in our county, uh, all I can say is God bless them because they have come in and and helped us assist us and they haven't complained once. Oh, well, not once, not once have they complained and love it because that's where, that's where, um, in Napoleon, we had Ridgeville right next door. Yeah. And I always told chief Benneke, I always told him like, you're like our volunteer department, like of our, our, of our force, we get out, get going in the first five minutes and get started at the scene. But we knew that they were coming there and they're coming with a full engine. And I'm lucky and fortunate to have the exact same thing in Oregon with Jerusalem township that that's it. We get the the staff going out the door right away, but you know, you have that force coming behind it. So, I mean, like I said, they're, I mean, at least in, Gurns County and I'm in the Southeast. We're predominantly volunteer. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's tough right now. I well, mean, not only volunteer, really what's the, what's the like distance travel? I mean, when that guy uh, talked this can, morning, 127 square miles, uh, like, chief, holy crap. Chief Reimer, he's a Southeast district yeah. director and he loves, he's the fire chief in Athens, of course. I think we have, oh gosh, don't quote me on this, but like 17 counties, maybe I don't so around that okay. number. And he's been, Directors at large don't yeah. have to pay attention well, to that. You just, you know, if you only have to step in, I here pay and there. attention to a lot of things. <laughs> Thank you very much. I just, I'm getting old. Okay, because today's my birthday, and it. I can't remember. Oh, anybody. that's right. We should yeah. see you at that birthday. Happy yeah. birthday! Yeah. You know, I give you a big hug already. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, but yeah, I mean, he travels, and, and we have those district delegates okay. now that each district has. I mean, we they got to help. 
you know, because like, you know, with the Southeast District, it's a huge district. So, yeah, because 17, so 17 counties in that district. But how, so those fire departments within those, yeah. uh, are those, those are large areas that they're covering? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got, there's out Salt Fork, if, if. Yep. A little shameless plug here, come out to Salt Fork this September for the, you know, Volunteer <laughs> Resource Symposium out there. So, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, we got one department out there. They cover like 125 square miles. Yeah. That, just in wow. their area. That's just their coverage area. It's, it incorporates several townships. Um, so that crazy. I, I, I know, man. The speaker this morning said 127 yeah. square yeah. mile that they covered. Yeah. So it's just one uh, station. That's just the way it is. Yeah. That's the same way in Southeast Ohio. You know, and it's just like, wow. You know, I, you know I'm blessed to be on a career department. I get paid to do what I love. You know, so I'm very thankful for my job, but I also volunteered for four years before I got hired at Cambridge. Yeah. You know, so I know that side of things. I know what's going on in Southeast District. You know, it's just, it's tough right now to get all, you know, to get people to volunteer anymore. So, and we're going out and pushing these, you know, we I'm getting into middle schools now to push these young kids. Hey, think about the fire service, go volunteer Mm -hmm. or even an older person. Maybe they graduated high school. College is not for them, which is fine, you know, and they're looking for something to do, go volunteer. See if you like it. It yeah. might turn into a career for you. Well, what I tell a lot of people, too, is anyways, is that, uh, you know, if you can start out as a local responder, a volunteer, that the that fire department's most likely putting you through school. Yeah. But it's paying Absolutely. for your EMT, yep. paying for your fire card. And if it's something that you will find, whether you really like to do it or not, and um, but you can do it in, in uh, um, outside of normal work hours where right. you can still be working a full-time job yeah. or whatever else. Yeah, so. it's, it's, yeah, it's definitely needed out there, so... Thank you for tuning in to the Triple P Podcast, premier, professional, and proactive, brought to you by the Ohio Fire Chiefs Association. If you'd like to hear more, follow us on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, please help us spread the word by telling your fire and EMS friends about this channel.